Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay again here with you this week as we talk about a new look Detroit Pistons. Andre Drummond officially off the roster. We'll get into that move and other free agency discussion, or free agency, trade deadline discussion that is here just in a second. Maybe we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves thinking about the offseason. Brendan's already in offseason mode. Give me that cap space. <laughs> yes, sir. But for now, boys, just checking in, fresh off the deadline. How are we doing this week? Aaron, you good? You alive? Yeah, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm doing well. We got a lot to talk about today, so I'm ready to get into it. This, uh, are you sure you're doing okay, Aaron? This seems like one that's really going to bother him. You doing all right well, for real? You know, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll right. share some thoughts. We'll share I, some thoughts. I'm doing fine, Brendan. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing great. Can we just, can I add something here at the beginning of the pod? I just want to bring up, Ryan, a conversation Aaron and I were having off the pod. This was a few days ago. And we were just talking about other teams in the Eastern Conference. And he was talking about how good the Toronto Raptors have been doing. And... We're just sitting there, and I'm thinking, like, man, like, yeah, well, who's playing, like, real well for Toronto? And obviously you know about Van Vliet playing well, obviously Siakam, whatever. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, really, everybody but Stanley. And I had to think for a second. And Aaron and just normal conversation brought up Stanley Johnson. And uh, Stanley, the only one, I guess, not playing well for the Raptors. So that's how my week went outside the deadline. Aaron will look for any excuse possible to bring up <laughs> Stanley Johnson. And that's okay. And that's okay, but any excuse possible look, to work him into combo. Look, there's a reason that the Pistons made that made the move to trade Drummond. They needed to open up cap space for a reason. Hashtag the return. Yikes. Wow. Okay. So, Ryan, I'm going to start with you this week here on the pod. Andre Drummond heads to Cleveland. In return, Detroit gets Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second-round pick. How do you feel about the deal? Are you happy with the move, unhappy with the move? Thoughts on the return? I'll let you take the floor. Is the move necessarily sexy? No. Is the return all that great? No. But if you were looking for a return for Andre Drummond, this trade, this move, moving him out of Detroit, needed to happen last year when there's a little more security and longevity on his deal. You were never going to get a big return for Andre Drummond. That is something we discussed on this pod. Yep. And we've discussed it since... Basically, the beginning of the year, if a move ever needed to be mm-hmm. made, big return for Andre Drummond wasn't going to happen anymore this year. That being said, I'm not mad about it. I'm fine. What this does is gives the Pistons cap flexibility. And no, not necessarily for free agency. We can all let that go. The Pistons are not a destination franchise. They're not going to bring in the big-time stunners, especially with a weak free agent class this year. But what it does allow them to do is make trades. It allows them to take on a bad contract to get a good, a real good type of asset. That's the flexibility this franchise hasn't had in years. In years. And that is why I like this trade. 
Sure, losing Drummond is tough. We saw it in the game against New York. They can't rebound without him, but we've known that forever. Plus, also, we're tanking, so it shouldn't bother you this year. I'm okay with it. I enjoy the return. Or not the return, excuse me. The trade. The return, eh, John Henson, is he the center of the future? Maybe. I don't know. You're going five for five. <laughs> I don't know. He's putting up big numbers all of a sudden, so who knows? But uh, I'm, I'm okay with this trade. I'm fine with it. Pistons made it clear they did not want to spend almost $30 million on Andre Drummond. Nobody did. Everyone thought fair market value clearly was around $20, $22, million, $23 million for Andre Drummond. Not $28.7 or whatever it is. Only the Cavs, who are a franchise like the Pistons, are going to take on that kind of money for a player who isn't necessarily a superstar, a franchise changer. We know Andre Drummond's more old-school NBA. He doesn't fit in with the space and the pick-and-pop type NBA that it is now. So I'm okay. Does losing Andre hurt? Yeah. But we're good. Certainly thought that the Pistons could get a little bit more for Drummond. I was absolutely shocked of, of, of the return. You know, when I saw the initial tweet come out that Drummond had been moved. Can I stop you right there for a second? I agree. That was shocking. When I saw Woj put out that the Cavs were finalizing a deal for him, I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, seeing the return was like, what the hell? Yeah. So I agree with you there. I was expecting to see, you know, a Sexton uh, or someone of that magnitude back in the deal. Maybe not the first round pick considering where Cleveland's at as a franchise right now. But I was I was definitely expecting to see Colin Sexton coming back. Maybe Tristan Thompson to make the money work. Um the return of just two expirings and the worst of a second round pick between Golden State and, and the Cavaliers in 2023, it just shocked me. You know, Brandon Knight and John Henson are two expiring contracts. They were in this trade just to make money work. In reality, the Pistons traded Andre Drummond for a 2023 second round pick. That was the trade. In reality. And that shocked me. I'm not saying Drummond had amazing value. I know that centers that don't shoot and aren't, you know, elite in that sense aren't necessarily needle movers in today's NBA. And I understand that completely. But Andre Drummond is a walking double-double, averages 18 and 16, two steals, two blocks a game, has grown as a facilitator, and is just 26 years old. I get he was on. A deal where he had a heavy, heavy, heavy player option. But I still thought that they would get something of actual value in return. Because all that trade was, was a salary dump. That's all it was. It was the Pistons saying, hey, we don't want to pay Andre Drummond next year. I mean, exactly. It shows you how much they did not want to pay him. And and, and that's why I kind of have an issue with the trade. Because for them to have that mindset now... When they could have had that mindset a year ago or two years ago, when Tom Gores was going out in the media and saying Andre Drummond's untouchable, we're not trading him, he's a franchise cornerstone, mm-hmm. for that to now all change to the standpoint of we just have to get rid of him for nothing. Well, what up? Do you, let's let's just circle back here though. Tom Gores. For a long time, was all in on hey, we need to win in Detroit. We need to have stars in Detroit. We need to do something to make money. We need to do something to get people to the arena, etc. So he got desperate. 
in a sense, the, the Blake Griffin trade was still kind of a move of desperation to bring some hope back to Detroit. And he thought, okay, well, you pair up Blake and Dre, and if Reggie's healthy, this team could have some success, and people will come out to the arena, and, and this will be great. This will be good. People will at least buy back into the Pistons, and, and we'll see if we can add through free agency or whatever happens. But it was about, hey, we got to make some sort of revenue here. I think he's finally realized that, hey, having Blake Griffin is nice, but it's not putting enough people in the seats to matter. Hey, having Andre Drummond can be nice, but with the amount of money you're going to have to pay him, your return on investment's not there. And, and the timeline of this team is off. And, and maybe, and I don't know this, but maybe Ed Stefanski finally had enough conversations with Tom Gore saying, Tom, listen, we need to commit now to rebuilding so in several years from now, we can build sustainable success. Moving Andre Drummond is a major step in that process. I have no problem with the trade because it allows you to move on. It allows you to move forward. And to me, it's not about the return. Would I have loved to have gotten a Colin Sexton in return? Absolutely. Would I have loved to have gotten a you know later first-round pick? Sure. Would have loved to have gotten even a future first-round pick two, three years down the road? Sure. But at the end of the day... Detroit's moving forward, and we're going to talk about Christian Wood later in the podcast, but you're going to get to see him play some featured minutes. Now you're going to get to even see a guy like Thon get some more meaningful minutes, and it's, hey, do or don't. Make your imprint or get out of town. We aren't going to sit here and linger with you. So it's going to force him to play and either get better or play himself out of a job in Detroit. It allows you to focus on your young guys. Now, there's some concerns with like the next game and Sekou Dumbuya only playing 13 minutes. Several young guys maybe not getting as many minutes as we would have liked or any minutes at all, like Lewis King. But at the end of the day, it allows you to take a step forward. Now, would it have been nice if Detroit could have worked something out with Atlanta saying, hey, fine, rid our, like, okay, let's drop the first round pick, but we really want DeAndre Hunter. Let's make this deal happen I now. Don't, I don't even think that was on the table. It really just doesn't sound I like I highly it was. doubt that was on the table. You think if they would have it would dropped have been more the, like a Cam Reddish, even then, I don't I, know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You I think don't if know. Detroit drops the first round pick conversation, they say, "Hey, we want DeAndre Hunter. What's it going to take?" You know, you don't think that there's a I conversation think have there? To attach someone like Luke to that trade. If you want me to be completely honest, I the market was so bad for Drummond. The and market was so, so bad. bad for him. Clint right, Capella. Got more uh, value than Drummond did, and I get that was part of a bigger trade. But and I mean, contract, center, and contract center, though, there was just no market for Drummond, uh, or or if there was, the Pistons held off and, and tried to get more than than they mm-hmm. possibly could, and then those offers disappeared. Have there not been stories and reports coming out that multiple front offices throughout the league? think Andre Drummond has bad tendencies. Mm-hmm. Have those reports not been coming out? Well, that's the thing. Andre Drummond's a national question mark, and he has a terrible deal attached to him. So for a lot of teams, you're looking at, hey, he's a one-year, he's a half-a-season rental, and if he decides to stay, that's a $28 million investment for next year. Our cap flexibility goes. And for a question mark, not worth that money. 
Which is why people in Detroit have had issues with Andre his whole time here. It's always been, is he getting more money than he's worth to this team? Yes or no is a debatable to be, whatever. To be fair, that happens with a lot of players it sure after does. they sign their contract. It's, That's, I think it's something that I talked about on a podcast maybe you know a month or so ago. But people go around and they talk about, oh, this player's been so good. You know, This team needs to make sure that they sign him, give him the money he deserves. And then all of a sudden he gets that contract and he becomes an overpaid player. And, and so I think Andre Drummond was definitely one of those kind of guys. He was good. He was really good. And then he got paid and was like, oh, we're paying him this much money. It's cyclical. That's something you and I discussed. I, did we do it on the pod? I don't I know. I think we may But we have. definitely discussed that. That's how it is. Player A gets drafted. Player A is very, a very nice player throughout getting drafted. It's time for player A to get paid because he's earned it. He gets paid. His production goes up, but it's not LeBron-esque. Okay, this guy's an overpaid goon. That's it's cyclical. That's mm-hmm. how it goes in this league. Mm-hmm. That's all it is for every player, pretty much. Right, and and you know, I talked with a lot of different people on the live stream that I did on the Palace of Pistons YouTube page moments after the trade was made, which, by the way, was a great time. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you to the few people that donated to Palace of Pistons through the super chat uh, feature. That was awesome. But everyone kind of had the same thoughts about Drummond. It was a necessary move. But the return was quite lacking. And that's why when I look at what this team has been doing, it's something that they should have just looked at a year ago if this was the ultimate Mm -hmm. reality. If they knew that they could not go a season of failure and a season of shortcomings, if that was going to be the tip of the iceberg, then they should have moved on from Drummond in the first place. And I know this front office didn't do it, but they should have never traded for Blake Griffin in the first place. Andre Drummond's a good basketball player. I understand why teams don't want to pay a lot for him. Uh, it was a necessary move at this point in time, but the return sucked. And, and that's fine, but you also have to accept that the Pistons opted for cap space. And I don't think that was a terrible idea either. Because as Ryan mentioned, it allows you to take on a bad contract in order to get an asset next year or perhaps in the offseason. It just opens up some possibility for you there. It also opens up possibilities and money to allocate to a Luke Kennard for his extension, a Christian Wood for when he becomes a free agent. Opening up the money is a good thing. And I guess if you're trying to find a bright spot, you have to look at that as part of the return for Drummond. You got back a second round pick and $29 million. Something both of you have hit on, and I think I've hit on too here is, and I have hit on here is, why didn't they do this sooner? Move Andre Drummond last year, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think it's on the front office. No, it's I not. think it's on Tom Gorris. 100%. I think at the end of the day, Tom Gorris is like, no. I want Andre Drummond here. I want us to be a contender. I want us to win. I don't care what position we're in. We need to get in the playoffs. And then you see by his comments he made after the trade deadline, or just before the Andre Drummond uh, trade happened, that came out as, you know, just making the playoffs barely and getting swept is not good enough. I think Stefanski and Rose and his team finally got through to him. Mm -hmm. When you see how this team is injury prone to the max can't stay healthy, and can't quite put it all together, and you see guys like Blake Griffin taking a step back, how much longer can Derrick Rose do what he's doing? I know he's only doing it on 22, 23 minutes a night, but how much longer can he go like well, that? Well, you see, you see, he started playing more minutes, and now he's and hurt now he's hurt. So, that's exactly it. Finally, the product 
and Rose and Stefanski and all those guys pounding it into Goris's head yep. finally worked. And is it too? It was it too late? Yes, because of the return on this trade. No good, to be honest. You got a second-round pick. A lesser of two second-round picks, really. But at the end of the day, you've got the cap flexibility. And that's what this team needs to move forward. Taking a step back to move forward. Right. That was crucial. Crucial. I know it sucks. I know seeing, oh, John Henson and Brandon Knight for Andre Drummond, 18 and 16 a night. Best rebounder of all time. Multiple-time All-Star, I get it's like just a terrible-looking return, optics-wise, but we have to look at the bigger picture. We have to. So it brings up the question. We've talked about the Andre trade, and we've kind of given ourselves, you know, given our thoughts on that. But what's now, what's the overall opinion of the trade deadline? Was the trade deadline successful for the Detroit Pistons? Yes or no? Absolutely Aaron. not. Absolutely not. And, and I sat in on the Ed Stefanski conference call the other day, and I heard... Big time, we're over here. Yeah, My I had to goodness. throw that out there. <laughs> okay. Big I sat, time, Aaron. I sat in on the conference call, and I listened to what he had to say. And when he said that the team could have gotten second-round picks for their expiring contracts, that screams to me, why didn't you do it? Why did you need to hold on? To Markeith Morris. Why did you need to hold on to Langston Galloway? If there was an offer out there for Derrick Rose. You know, and I get get the Rose stuff. If you want to keep Rose, fine, so be it. He's a good player. He has connections to Arntellum. I get that. If you really want to keep him, fine. But you had another two, three guys on this roster that should have been moved in Morris and Galloway. And maybe they're, you know, whatever else. Whoever else you had offers on that you know doesn't fit your timeline, doesn't fit your future core, you should have looked at moving. And if you could have gotten a second-round pick for Markeith Morris, you should have done it. If you could have gotten a second-round pick for Langston Galloway, you should have done it. The game against the Knicks on Saturday night when Sekou played 13 minutes and Lewis King played zero minutes, that's a problem. And, and that's with Svima Hailuk being out. Luke Kennard being out. That's with two wings being out. And your other two young wings got a combined 13 minutes. That is a problem. And I get that some of that's on Dwayne Casey. But as a coach, you don't go out there trying to lose. You go out there trying to win. And so I, you, you know that Dwayne Casey's going to play Langston Galloway 25 minutes. You know he's going to play Tony Snell 30 minutes. You know when Markeith Morris is back, he's going to be in the rotation. You know when Derrick Rose comes back, he's going to be in the rotation. That's what it, what it's going to be because you kept all those guys on the roster. And, and to not move them and to not get some sort of asset for them is a problem. You are not a team that has the best young core in the NBA. You are not Denver. You are not... Atlanta, you are not any of these young teams that have a plethora of young guys that look like they're potential all-stars. You don't. You need any assets, any chance at leverage you can possibly get. And when Ed Stefanski goes, I could have gotten second-round picks, but I can't put a name to a second-round pick. You're the front office that drafted Bruce Brown. You're the front office that traded to get the rights to Kyrie Thomas in the second round. What do you mean? That's kind of your job. Am I wrong when I say that? No, you're not wrong at all. 
And I agree with you. It was not a good deadline in that regard. Now, if they, they only would have traded one of them, either Langston or, or Marquise, I would have been okay with that. But not to move either one is a problem. Right. Even if they would have moved one. Preferably Langston well, yes. because you have four young you're, wings you're, Yeah, because you're so stacked up right there. If they would have moved at least one, I could live with it. But to not move either one for probably, what, mid to late 50s in the second round tells me they don't trust themselves drafting that late. Right. And you also don't know. You and know, you, it could have been a 2022 second round. Right, exactly, exactly. That team, you don't know. right now, it may look like it's a, a 48 to 52 to 53, you know, round team. You know, that, that pick in the draft. But what happens when that team has an injury and their season falls off a cliff, a cliff in a two years from now? Or they decide that they need to tear it down. Oh, all of a sudden that pick's 35, 36. You, right. You take exactly. the asset if you can get it. You're what not have a team we, with assets. What have we talked about? Right now, in the NBA, second-round picks are like candy. Everyone wants them as part of a trade. For some reason, they're great for leverage in trades. You having that extra second-round pick... And maybe in that trade where you take on a bad contract, but you're getting a big, big asset, a nice asset, you can add that second round pick in there. And you don't have to worry about it. And you flipped it. So you flipped Langston or Galway for that second round pick, in which turn, in turn, you tra- uh, flipped it for a nice asset that's attached with a bad contract. That's how this game works. And I can't believe they didn't take advantage of that. Hell, you traded for the 57th pick in the draft last summer. So you could get Jordan Bone. I right. You have right? a track record of going late into the second round to get someone. So that comment took me off guard. I, it, it it blew me away. You are a front office that has made trades to get guys in the second round. Exactly. You traded to get Davidas Servitas. Like you made all the. You make a lot of moves in the second round in your two drafts, and and, and for you to come out. Now and say I could have traded these guys for a second round pick, but I can't put a name to that guy. Can I be honest here? Yes, I, I'm not saying I disagree because it would have been nice to have seen them move Langston and or Markeith. And I don't disagree that acquiring the second round picks makes sense, but I am not nearly as fired up about it, especially as you seem to be, Aaron. The Pistons did what they had to do in moving Andre Drummond. That's the big move that had to be made. Yes, there's a chance that some second-round picks hit. Yes, you could get some value out of those. Yes, like I said, I agree with you that, that they should have, if the opportunities were there, pulled the trigger on at least moving one of Langston or Markeith. But to me, moving Andre Drummond and cementing where you stand as a franchise makes it a successful trade deadline. Currently... When you look at at the roster for the Pistons, you have to play your veterans. You cannot keep all the veterans that you have and and not play them and just play the young guys. And when you look at the Pistons roster... Why is that? Can I ask why is that? Because then your locker room will go to hell. God, I just want to bring up the whole Christian Wood, Thonmaker conversation earlier from earlier in the year with the locker room and managing egos and how I was but it's different. It, it's ridiculed different. for that. I because just wanted to bring that back up. Of I'm glad to hear Aaron say that and understand. Right now, okay, just, just look at this. Right now, point guards, Reggie Jackson and Derrick Rose. Shooting guard, Langston Galloway. Small forward, Tony Snell. Power forward, Markeith Morris. You have all those veterans right there that are going to get minutes. Mm-hmm. 
But you look at your roster of young guys that actually matter for your future. Bruce Brown's a point guard. Sima Hiluk's a shooting guard. Luke Kennard's a shooting guard. Saquon Aboye is a small forward, power forward. But relax. Number one. Louis King's a small forward. Relax. You have all those young guys that now have to compete for minutes with veterans. And veterans are going to get minutes that... I mean, we saw it in the New York. Yeah, you game. still have to have like a, you still have to have a, a formidable roster, though. Absolutely, and I'm not disagreeing with that. That's why it's fine to keep three veterans, you know, you know, a number of veterans around. Like I get that you have to have that. I would agree with you, but to keep a, a group of veterans, all that need minutes. Like there's a difference between having like a Jared Dudley who doesn't need to be on necessarily the floor. on expiring deals. They don't need minutes. Like you can you can cast Langston to the end of the bench when Luke Kennard comes back and if Svee continues to play well. I'm not saying Dwayne Dwayne, Casey's not going to do that. I though. understand. Like I hey listen, I said that I, I said that last year. You know that's why I said like when we did all the importance of guys, whatever. I'm like Langston. You know Langston's going to be a, a part of the process because Dwayne Casey loves Langston Galloway. You know to me the question is simply was the trade deadline successful. And to me, everything at the deadline surrounded around is Andre Drummond on your roster when we got to February 7th or whatever the next day was. And and the answer was no. So yes, would it have been nice? I'm not saying the deadline was an A+. But I guess depending what you call successful, uh, I say yeah, it was a success. Now, if you had just moved Mark and Langston and not Andre Drummond, it would not have been a success. Because you still would have been teetering with the idea of Drake could opt in. You separated yourself from that bad deal. I am not disputing with you that moving Markeith and or Langston would have been better for this team. I'm not grading the deadline an A+. They didn't graduate with honors. But they graduated. Okay? that's They graduated. Because they moved on. And they cemented where they're going. And yes, you have some veterans that are playing. But it's like, you know what? Langston's not here for the long term. Markeith's not here for the long term. Tony Snell's got one more year on his deal. He's gone. Like, these guys that are in the mix, it's not like, oh, we've got them locked up for three more years. We should have just moved on. Some of them will be gone. Yeah, And Tony Snell could get moved in the offseason real easily. Somebody could look at Tony Snell as a nice one-year rental on a, on a not bad contract. One thing is do twelve million next year, something like that. Yep. So, team might take a flyer on him. Hey, ride it out, ride it out. I know you want those young guys to get in, but to be fair, I mean, as much as yeah, would it be nice to see a guy like Lewis King get some minutes and stuff? Sure, but. When Luke is healthy, as long as Luke gets his minutes and Svee continues to get minutes and Bruce Brown continues to get minutes, and Sekou needs more minutes. That's the thing that was concerning was the next game where Sekou didn't get as many minutes as he needed to. That's a concern. But the front office is going to have to deem down on Dwayne Casey, hey, we we need minimum number of minutes for Sekou and Knight, minimum number of minutes for Luke and Knight, minimum number of minutes for Svee and Knight. They need to be on the floor. And that's going to have to come down from the top to Dwayne Casey. Hey, if you want to coach here, this is what you have to do. Keep your locker room you know, okay. Play your guys, right? But maybe Tony Snell needs to play 24, 25 minutes a night. Maybe Langston needs to drop to 18, 20 minutes a night. 
and we need to maneuver the rotations. I'm not sweating over the second-round picks and the young kids not getting as many minutes this year. I'm not sweating over it. Detroit, they took their stance. They're going young. They're moving forward. The deadline was successful. Could it have been better? Yes. But it was successful. I'm excited. Not excited. I'm interested to look back at this conversation in a month when Jordan Bone and Lewis King have been stuck with the Grand Rapids drive. Sekou's still not getting enough minutes because Markeith Morris is ahead of him in the rotation. And Don Maker's still ahead of him in the rotation. Can I say this about Sekou real quick? Dwayne Casey is not a guy. It's not a coach at all. He's proven this. That's just going to hand something to anyone. He is not going to hand Sekou's those minutes. Mm-hmm. He has had multiple times he's gone to the media and said, Sekou didn't play hard enough. Sekou hasn't earned it. He's going to make Sekou earn it. So as much as we hate that Sekou's not getting the minutes, that is going to continue until Sekou, in Dwayne Casey's eyes, earns it. And let me say something else. Are we are we terribly mad at that? Is that a bad thing for those young guys to experience I'm that? Not saying Sekou, it's a half a season. It's for a half not, a season. I'm not saying Sekou has to play 35 minutes a night and that's whether not he's what I'm good at, or right. bad. But for him to play 13 minutes... When he had five points and three rebounds, I agree Listen, that I agree but here that I like, it's not I am. great. I agree that it's not great, and I think he should be getting more minutes. I'm in total agreement. But from Dwayne Casey's standpoint, that's the type of coach he is. He has never just handed it to Siakam. He's not going to just hand it to uh, Seku. He's going to make Seku earn it, and, and that I, will make him better for the long term than just being rewarded the minutes. He, he's not just going to give it to him. He's not. In any month, when we look back at this conversation, and Jordan Bone and Lewis King are in the in the G League, and Sekou's minutes are kind of flustering, you know, here and there. Svee's back on the bench. Luke Kennard's going to get his minutes because Luke has proven he's a good enough player. And, and, you know, you're playing. You're still playing your veterans. And guys are your young players are not getting enough minutes. Kyrie Thomas hasn't gotten a look. Because Langston Galloway's got to play. I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. Number one, I will not sweat at all. And, I, and I'm a bigger dude. I sweat a lot. But I will not sweat at all over Lewis King, Jordan Bone, and Kyrie Thomas this year. Period. That's just, But that's what this season's for. No, no, no. That no. is what the rest of this season is for. You suck. No. Your team is terrible. That's what... You should be playing your young players... They should be getting an opportunity. Listen, that's, you should be one. You should be trying to lose for a better draft pick, better draft odds, and two, you should be playing your young guys. Aaron, that's such a like. That's such just a, a, a like. I'm trying to think of the right adjective here, but that's that's great. Like it, it, it sounds great, but it's just not realistic this year. Now, again, with the roster you have in place. It, to me, it's like I'm not going to sweat over Jordan Bone. Jordan Bone, he's a rookie. It's his first year. Listen, if he was a third-year guy and it's like, hey, we got to make a decision on Jordan Bone and you're keeping him in the G League still, problem. If Jordan Bone's in the G League next year and not up, problem. I'm not sweating it for this half of a season. This is the perfect opportunity to get him acclimated to the NBA. This is the perfect opportunity for Kyrie Thomas to finally get consistent minutes when he comes back and see if there's something worthwhile there. Because if there's not, then you can go into the offseason and say, well, 
you know, if it comes down to it, we really we know we really don't need to keep a roster spot for Kyrie Thomas. He's a guy that we could cut if we find someone else in summer league or we take a flyer on a, an undrafted player. That's a guy we know. We gave him that opportunity last year. We know he doesn't have it. We know there's nothing there. You, I, 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 I feel like, Brennan, if you were the coach, you would pull out a lineup of Derrick Rose, Reggie Jackson, Tony Snell, one-legged Blake Griffin, and Thon Maker. That's oh, what I think you would do. Well, that's asinine. That's asinine. The, the way you are talking, I, it boggles that's my mind. That's asinine. I wouldn't risk Blake Griffin. I'd play Markeith Morris. Yeah, jackass. Markeith Morris is your sixth man. Um, no, Thon Maker, Aaron. Okay? I'm, I'm in agreement with Aaron here. This is the perfect time to get Jordan Bone acclimated, ready to go for next year in this league. It's the perfect time for Kyrie Thomas to figure himself out after last year and spot minutes being like, oh, maybe this guy has a future from Summer League where it's like, what is this guy? Maybe he's not even supposed to be in the NBA. Now it's his time. The season is lost. It's When Kyrie Thomas comes back, he deserves to at least... The front office themselves deserve to see, hey, do we have anything here with this guy or do we need to move on from him? Okay, that's Reminder, fine. again... You are the front office that drafted these players. You are the front office that traded assets for the rights to these players. So for you to just say, I'm not worried about it. We can go into next season and try it out. That is an indictment on your development plan for this franchise. Listen, you have to also understand what the roster looks like right now, though. Like It's just... That's why they should have moved a Morris, moved a Snell. Can I ask a question? Did I say I agree or disagree with your point? You said you agree, but then you continue to say... That's all I ask. you got to play these guys. They need to be playing. I'm not worried about these other young guys that need to support. I'm not sweating about Lewis King and Jordan Bone and even Kyrie Thomas. Would it be nice to see Kyrie Thomas get a chance? I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Kyrie Thomas more than Bone and Lewis King, in my opinion. You've got Zvi, you've got Jordan Bone, you've got Bruce Brown, you've got Luke Kennard, you've got Sekou, you've got Christian Wood. Six young guys that covers all five positions on the floor. Those are the six guys I'd be worried about. Those are the six guys that need to make sure they are getting good, formidable minutes. But you said you're not worried about Jordan Bone, and then you listed Jordan Bone and those six guys. Did I list Jordan Bone? Did not mean to list Jordan Bone. Okay, point. So you have you have Bruce as a point guard. You have Seku as a shooting guard. You have Svi as a small forward. You have Seku as a power forward. You have Christian Wood as a center. Fine, five guys across five positions. Those are the five that I'm worried about. If Kyrie can come back and get some minutes, great. Yeah, I'm not I'm sure. It'd be good to see what you have out of him. But it's like, I, 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 to me, next year is a year that should be a total just wash. It should be a total wash. You should be looking to move Rose in the offseason. You should be looking to move Tony Snell in the offseason. You lose the contracts of Markeith and Langston. And next year becomes a year of, hey, we get a full season of young guys across the board. You live and die by it. You see what they do for a year. And then build through whatever draft pick you get this and next year. And hopefully in two, three years from now, you're in a spot with well, a guy like Luke that should be ready to help you compete. Sekou should be ready to help you compete. Potentially Christian Wood, who should be able to help you compete in a spot that we can go out and, and win ball games. This is just a fundamental disagreement between your team sucks now, you have half of a season left, play your young guys. You don't necessarily think that's of the highest necessity? I do. 
It's just a fundamental disagreement. You are on the wrong side of history, and that's fine. But it's not even half a season. Is it? It's like twenty-eight games or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's not even half a season. You play them. You let them go through the motions right now. You let them get some of the that learning. That's process. fine. Start but like, I'm just not going to get as animated as you are about this because we're talking about twenty-eight games. This. This franchise has been stuck in the middle for the last decade. Can I? Can I just say and you're going to continue this to be is, stuck in the middle? On. This by is coming sure from the guy that, that Tony Snell plays 35 minutes a night, Aaron. and they got Reggie Jackson and Derrick Rose, and, and these guys that don't can matter. I, can I just point something out? Future. You're the guy that for like three years has stuck by. We need to give Reggie and Dre a chance. We need to stick by the Pistons. They, you know, they should be competing to win. Like, Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond are completely different players than Langston Galloway. And I'm Marquee just saying. Morris. I'm just saying. Yeah, you, know, you talk about well, the Pistons have been stuck in the middle for so long, and this is coming from a guy that for a while was a supporter of the Pistons and the direction they were going. Mind you, the two players that you listed when they were healthy, they made the playoffs with those. As an two eight guys. seed and got swept. They aren't making the playoffs with Langston Galloway and Marquise Morris. Well, they did make playoffs with Langston Galloway last year on the roster, just saying. Let's move on. <laughs> can I can I bring something up real quick before we move on completely? Yes. And it's something interesting that we're talking about moving moving contracts and players in the offseason. When Stefanski, I saw this quote. Maybe it's not true. Maybe it's garbage. Let me know because I only saw this quickly in passing. But when uh, Stefanski was brought up about Blake Griffin and where is he where he's at, he mentioned Blake should be healthy by June. What does that mean for Blake's future if he's trying to put a price or a, a time frame on Blake's health? Considering we are in rebuild mode. He said that. Those are his words. Yep. And now he's telling us Blake should be healthy by June. What's in July? The draft. Not saying you're going to get anything for Blake Griffin. I don't know what Blake Griffin's value is anymore. But speaking of moving players. Yep. Does, is all of a sudden Blake Griffin on the trading block once June comes around? I hope so. Well, I, I'm sure you meant to say June. The draft is at the end of June. But Blake ready by the beginning of Yeah, did I say July? Yeah. I meant Blake June. ready by the beginning of June? Yeah. The draft? What did I, I, yeah, no. I said July, didn't I? Yeah. I meant June. No, I know what you meant. That's why I wanted to clarify it for you. But yeah, I mean, are they looking to move Blake? Hmm. See, I mean, so I'm just something we were talking about. Yeah. We were talking about moving players like Langston, Marquise, Snell. Is Blake being moved this offseason <clears> in June? <throat> He should be ready by the beginning of June. End of June is the draft. Well, I mean, it's just it's a weird place to be. It's interesting. I don't think we should lose our minds over Markeith Morris and Langston Gallagher. And that's what I was saying. But I'm in agreement with Aaron. <laughs> that's that. fine. But I'm not losing my mind over it. So, you know, I guess that's, that's where we stand on this. No big deal. What's going to be interesting, though, in terms of maybe these rotations and how things play out, there are some reports going around that Reggie Jackson may ask for a buyout from his deal. If he's to do so, maybe he goes and signs with one of the L.A. teams making a playoff push. But not sure if Reggie's officially going to ask for that buyout. It's something, though, that has been discussed. I think that would be a positive for the Pistons. Do you agree or disagree? Look, uh, so first off, those reports came out that Reggie Jackson you know, was considering a buyout. Reggie was asked about it. He said that's not something that he's, you know, talked about or asked for. Ed Stefans, he was also asked about buying Reggie Jackson out. He also said that was something the team has not talked or thought about yet. At the same time, it's hard to believe that a guy like Mark Stein is wrong. 
Mark Stein was was the reporter that reported that Jackson was thinking about a buyout and that the Clippers would be interested. And, and if so, good for Reggie Jackson. He deserves to go play for a winner. He deserves to go play a role on a championship contending team. And I'm really excited for when Reggie Jackson gets into the playoffs, plays in a game that people watch, and succeeds. Because Reggie Jackson got trashed throughout his tenure in Detroit when he had no business being trashed. He was trashed off of his reputation in Oklahoma City where he said he wanted to be a starting point guard. And when he became a starting point guard and was healthy in Detroit, had success. Yet that has been neglected by the broader minds of the NBA. So be it. Because Reggie Jackson's going to get a buyout. He's going to go to the Clippers. And he's going to succeed. Um, do I think the Pistons should buy out Reggie Jackson? Yes. And I... I I have made it very clear where I stand on Reggie Jackson. I like him. I think he is a good player. I have wanted him to remain a Piston. But at the same time, if I said otherwise, I would be contradicting what I just fought with Brennan for for the past 20 minutes. Now, I think Jackson is the type of player you could keep around during a rebuild and would be beneficial to the young guys because he's a ball mover, Derrick Rose is more of an isolation-style player. He's going to attack and score himself. Jackson can score, but also runs more of an offense. But still, with Rose still on the roster, and with Bruce Brown needing point guard minutes, and Jordan Bone deserving a look at point guard, the Pistons should buy out Jackson. And they should let him go sign with a contender. That's tough to say. Because, again, when Jackson was healthy, this team won. And he did not deserve the flack that he received during his time here. He just has never been healthy. That's the problem. Well, he was healthy for 82 games last year, and the Pistons made it to the playoffs. And he had a great season. He was healthy in his first year and a half here, and he played very good basketball. But those two seasons where he wasn't healthy, and then this year, again, where he wasn't healthy, it's just hard to continue to run it back when you know that there's, what, a 50% chance that you know your starting point guard could miss significant time and I understand that but I will I will be very happy for Jackson if he gets bought out and he's able to sign with a contender because he will be able to show people that he is a good basketball player and he is a helpful basketball player the Clippers will get better by adding a player of Jackson's caliber I don't know if the debates ever betting is a bad basketball player it's that when a guy's injury prone and he's definitely for a while it was an interesting player, if you will. Um, it just one of those, hey, you're investing in this guy to be your starting point guard, but half the time he's been hurt. And that he had some tendencies that still would piss people off, just kind of like Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond's a good player, but he had tendencies that would piss people off. Um, and, and sometimes an attitude that appeared like, hey, just, you know, I, I, I'm maybe better than I actually am. Um, which pissed people off. So it's not that Reggie's a bad basketball player. I agree with you. I'd be very happy if he goes to a team like the Clippers or signs with the Lakers and he helps them win. I'd be very happy for him. I think it'd be great. It'd be great to see. But my stance on that, this is simple. Go get your ring, Reggie. We don't need him here anymore. Yeah. He's not part of the future. It's as simple as that. Buy him out. Get your buyout. Go sign with the Clippers. I know your boys with Paul George. 
Go win your championship ring. And then get yourself another contract. And then get yourself another contract. Your services here, quite frankly, are no longer needed. It was a pleasure. I, I enjoyed watching him play when he was healthy. There were, yeah. there, there were times when he pissed me off. Absolutely. But he's a solid player. He's a good player. But you know what? It's just not in the cards anymore. And the front office proved that when they traded Andre Drummond for cap space. Reggie, thank you for your service. Go sign with the Clippers. Go win your ring. Yep. Go enjoy your time in the NBA. Because Bruce Brown should also be the starting point guard in Detroit. And he should not have to compete with Reggie for those minutes. It's very clear that's where Bruce needs to be. Yeah. When, when Bruce is handling the basketball, he's able to dribble drive and kick out when necessary. That is when he is at his best. And it's just so apparent because when they're, when he's in the lineup as a shooting guard, he's just nowhere near as effective. Yeah, he's, when he moves to the point guard spot, you immediately see him go attack the rim, make another play for someone else. It, it's it's where he needs to be. It's because also you add more offense, you know, to the lineup, and you still have him out there as a you know an elite defender. Mm-hmm. So so that's just it's unfortunate. You know, I hate that this is the way it has to end for the for the you know main two core guys of Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond. But on the other side, Jackson's going to get a chance to compete for yeah, a ring. And it's going to work out well for himself. Him. Another contract. The breakup is always dirty. In the NBA and basketball, professional sports, the breakup is always dirty. It's never peaceful. Mm-hmm. Shaq and Kobe, it wasn't peaceful. Uh, Kevin Durant and the Warriors, that wasn't really peaceful. There was a lot of chirping going on, and a lot of people just in general about Durant. It's never peaceful. It always just goes terribly. And it didn't. And you're right to see it. I'm like this kind of is like, eh, that sucks. But it's what it is in professional sports. Mm-hmm. So go get your ring, Reggie. Accept the buyout. It's good for you, and it's good for the Pistons. Yeah, ask for the buyout. Pist- or Pistons, pro- I don't care how it goes. Just do it. let it happen. Let it happen. Now, guys, let's talk positive here for a minute. Let's talk about somebody that is on, and, and at least foreseeably going to stay, on the current roster. And that's my man, Christian Wood. Officially kind of sliding into, at least appears to be taking over for Andre Drummond as the starting center, as he should. And somebody that appears to be part of the the rebuild, the foreseeable future. Are we seeing Christian Wood maybe cement himself, or have the opportunity at least over the rest of the season to cement himself as Detroit's center of the future, their five-man here of the rebuild at least? Christian Wood and his camp are very, very confident that that's the case. They're very confident that he is ready to take over for Andre Drummond. And the early returns have shown that he is, uh, even though the Pistons still can't rebound. And, you know, while he himself has done a good job rebounding, it's definitely been different with Andre Drummond away. And can I pose one thing to that? Because there's even, I mean, there's video footage of Andre talking about rebounding and his stance of, hey, listen, you leave it. I get paid to rebound the basketball. That's my board. You let me go do it. And that's a lot of it's talent, size, ability. Don't get me wrong. But there's also a mindset of the guys that play around Dre of, I ain't fighting for that rebound. It's Dre's board. Dre's going to clean that up. That mindset's going to have to change. Yep. I've got to go no for doubt. that board. No I've got to attack the glass now. So I, I think that as we see Detroit has rebounding struggles, they're going to be here for a little bit. But it is fixable. It's not like, whoa, okay. Because every other team in the league finds a way to rebound. 
you know? So that mindset will start to change. Guys will eventually buy into hitting the glass. Might even take till next year. But just wanted to make that point through this conversation. I think Wood is, is, is certainly someone that the Pistons need to keep around and plan on building around. The way that he plays is very, very different than what Detroit has had at the center position. He's a guy that can shoot, pick and pop, handle the ball. I, what he brings is what Detroit wants. It's what Detroit needs. It's what they should have going forward throughout the rebuild. It's a young big man that fits the center of today's day and age. Wood fits that mold. He's producing phenomenally. Just the the amount that he's playing and, and being able to score the basketball, it's something that he has done throughout his different stops in the league, but he hasn't had the chance to just do it for you know a, a long stretch. And this year, it's been coming off the bench. You know, having those games where he's where he goes off for sixteen and eight, he gets to twenty points, he's averaging a point per minute, whatever it may be. And now he gets in the starting lineup. He's given that prime opportunity of, hey, you are our starting center now. You are our starting center for the rest of the season. And here is your opportunity to prove that you belong here, not just as a player, but as a starter, as a piece to build around. And he has accepted that challenge and dominated it through the first two games. I mean, his first game was really something special. He played incredibly well, even though, again, the Pistons lost. But on Friday against the Thunder, he dominated uh, against a very good defensive center in Steven Adams. 27 points, 12 rebounds, 5 of six, five assists, 10 of 18 shooting, knocked down 3 of his 6 three-pointers, stuffed the stat sheet. And against the Knicks, not as flashy of a game, but he still had a nice night. 17 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. He played well. This is a guy that looks like he really belongs, and it's someone that the Pistons are going to have to start planning for financially because he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. Right now, he's their, their guy that they have to work to re-sign. Luke Kennard can be extended, but he's not you know a restricted or unrestricted free agent or any of that. He's just a guy that becomes extension eligible. What is the guy that they actually have to sign? Because 29 other teams can sign him outright. 29 other teams can say, we'll give you this many years for this much money. And if Wood likes that offer, he can take it. Right. So the Pistons have to plan financially what they want to do with him and how much they're willing to pay him for how long. I'm not saying Christian Wood's going to get $20 million per year, but he might get $10 million. Are you willing to make that financial commitment? The Pistons have to figure that out. I'll say this. Give Christian Wood a four-year contract the second this season's over. Even if you have to overpay a little bit. Overpaying now is going to look like a steal in a couple years. With the way the cap moves around and everything like that, all the financials, do it. He is worth the money. My only hang-up with Christian Wood is a pretty easy one. I need him to put more weight on. I need him to get stronger. That's it. You can't be 6'11", 214". You got to get to 230. That's it. Other than that, I love Christian Wood. Christian Wood is 100% the center of the future. He is everything you want in today's day and age in center. Stretches the floor, can rebound well, freakishly athletic. 
He has no fear. Freakishly athletic. Freakishly yeah. athletic and freakishly long. Yeah. He's got length and he has no fear. Everything I love everything about Christian Wood. I'm willing to overpay him a little bit because it will look like a steal in a couple years. The only hang-up I have is he needs to put some weight on. Mm-hmm. I can't have my center being 214 pounds. I'm not saying, hey, you got to bulk up to 250, Christian. That's not no, feasible. No, 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 no. Get to 225. Get to 230. Yeah. That, I, don't think, I don't think that's asking too much. No, 10 to 15 pounds of weight you know, in the arms and in the core would be huge for him. He needs to be able to keep his nimbleness, his, you know, yeah. his ability to move in stride, all that. I'm not saying take any of that away, but you can put on 10 pounds, 12 pounds, and not lose any of that. It'll just help you stay healthier longer. You and know? be able to handle the... the the that's what I mean. Drums with Battling in the post centers. with some of those big boys. For yeah. sure. That, that's my only hang-up is he needs to put on a little more weight. But 100% I am with you. He is the center of the future for this team. Give him that four years. Give him the five years. Overpay a little bit. I'm fine with it. He needs to be here. And I hope he's staying. I hope he's not looking when the offseason rolls around. I hope he's like, Detroit, you got first crack at it. You're the ones who gave me this real shot. Like I know he, he said before... That this this is like home in a sense. They're the ones who gave me a shot. I'm committed. He's he's everyone says those type of things. I hope he means it. Right. Yeah. That Detroit is the one who finally gave him his shot, and he's putting on for it. And now I hope they reward him. Yeah. No, that's that's got to be the hope with him. Uh, but I'm. I mean, there were a lot of teams that called for him a at the lot. deadline. I'm sure, so, I'm sure everyone was calling for him. So there are going to be teams that offer him money in free agency. I know. And, and Detroit has to be prepared to. Maybe have to overpay. That's why I'm not. I'm not opposed to overpaying him a little bit because it won't look like an overpay in a few years. And that's the thing. It just won't with a weaker free agency class and not a bunch of guys that's like, oh yeah, we gotta go dump our money. Like it allows you to do so. Having that flexibility allows you to do so, which is exciting to be able to say for the first time in many years here in Detroit. So, as we kind of wrap up the pod, just want to take a quick look at the Eastern Conference. The Pistons are currently the 11th seed, and they're, what, f- about four games out of the playoffs. They're also only four and a half games ahead of Cleveland for the last spot in the East. So the hope is that the Knicks, who are riding a win streak, continue to win ball games, and Detroit continues to bottom out. Hopefully, hopefully drama makes out. Cleveland a little bit more competitive. That reignites nice. Kevin Law. Oh, hey. let's hope. Hey, get those wins Piled up in Cleveland. Exactly. That would be great. I mean, That hey, would be great. You know, New York, Charlotte, Cleveland, Chicago, everyone get ahead of Detroit. Yep. Get ahead of Detroit and, and let – well, really quickly, i got to make this point. I've seen some James Wiseman talk on my timeline about the Pistons taking him. And if the Pistons take another center when they just traded Drummond and they have Christian Wood – I might, I might have to leave my post at Palace of Pistons. Yeah, I don't think. I, I just, man, I have a hard time believing Stefanski would do it. I can't. I can't. I don't, take Wiseman. I agree. I can't. Like, I, can't I do don't it. even know if he's a lottery pick. One, there are so many concerns about him that aren't being talked about enough. And and again, like he's a center that doesn't shoot. Like, yeah, he just can't. I, I again, if James Wiseman becomes a piston in the off season, I may have to leave my post. Well, I, I just. I'll put it this way: If Aaron goes, I think we all go. At least the, <laughs> if Aaron goes, like, everyone goes. So, uh, hopefully, we're yeah, warning De- you. Detro- <laughs> Detroit right now would get the seventh pick in the draft um, if the season ended today. So, you know, we'll see what happens. 
but I would love to see Detroit continue to lose. And that's why it's so nice that schedule being set up, having you know the fifth hardest schedule or whatever throughout the rest of the year. But a big matchup with the Hornets coming up. You know, we don't ever win we that one. We can't beat Charlotte. I'm not worried about watch us. Right. Watch hey. us beat Charlotte on Monday. <laughs> watch us beat them. Hey, the Pistons do not beat the Hornets. I don't know if they've ever beaten Charlotte in the last 10 years. It's a home game, though. Like, watch Seiku go off for 35 and the Pistons uh, Pistons win. Right, and it's like, right, I don't want to be if mad. Seiku does that, then fine. I don't want to be mad, but it's almost like Seiku, chill. Chill, bro. <laughs> Stop at 25 and get down the bench, dude. <laughs> I'm just really looking forward to the West Coast trip coming up uh, in a couple weeks at Portland, Denver, Phoenix, Sacramento. Yeah, that 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 trip. Oh, and Milwaukee before you hit the road. Okay, I'm Se- uh, so I'm excited scores, for that stretch. Seku scores 35, averages like five points a minute because Dwayne Casey only plays him 10 minutes per game anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that end of February through the first you know couple days of March. Should be a fantastic few days for the Detroit Pistons and, and maybe gaining better draft positioning. I'm really hopeful, at least. So, boys, this was a long one today. A lot of interesting topics and, and good conversation and some agreements, some disagreements. That's okay. Some wrong wrong thought processes. Listen, you know what? Some of us know how to be respectful here. Some of us don't. So, that's okay. He's He's still a young buck. He'll get there at some point. He'll also learn not to freak out over things you don't need to freak out about. But that's okay. It comes with time. No big deal. So with that being said, boys, have a great week. I hope the Pistons do not find a way to somehow defeat Charlotte. Uh, uh, that game coming up Monday the 10th. But uh, other than that, that's all we got. Anything else you want to add, boys? No, I mean, hey, welcome to the new era. Welcome to the new era of the Detroit Pistons. Welcome to the rebuild. Hopefully it doesn't take as long as it took Philly. Rebuild part two. Rebuild part two. Let's get on that Memphis plan. Right? Hey, palaceofpistons.com, at palaceofpistons on Twitter, at palacepistons on Instagram. You know we're on Facebook, YouTube. You're listening to the pod. Make sure you like it. You subscribe uh, across the platforms. We list them every week. You know what they are. So feel free to hit that subscribe button. Shoot us a like. and, And let us know your thoughts. Things you want to hear us discuss with this second half of the season and the young guys you want to see, some things you're looking for, and some hopes for your Detroit Pistons. With that being said, have a great week, and we'll see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.